Welcome to Perspectives On, where we're giving the world a voice. We are a faith-based social justice forum where individuals give their perspectives on various topics. It's an opportunity to express their viewpoint, their stance, and their angle on justice issues affecting the community and globally. Each episode features guests presenting their perspective on things like climate change, the church, urban farming, and food insecurity all through a unique faith lens. Come check us out. Give us your perspective. Welcome to Perspectives on Social Justice, where we're giving the world a voice. I am Lyra Lane White, your host. And in keeping with our commitment as a faith-based organization and our 2021 focus on the church and its existence during COVID-19, We wanted to take a pause to focus on how communities of faith are moving through through this pandemic. How well has the church adjusted to maintain relevance uh, during this country's morality test? And are congregations meeting the spiritual needs of America's multitude? I also asked the question that can church leaders answer the hard questions concerning matters related to race, unemployment, disparity in uh, the disparities in the educational and uh, also the controversies surrounding the availability of the COVID-19 vaccine. It is the opinion of this professional ministry that pastors and church leaders are amidst a reckoning relative to the way they are conducting the business of the church, a reckoning to the way they have trained and should be held accountable for their, for their response or lack of response to the systemic and structural injustice we have witnessed. The civil rights era existed during a time where we had an entirely different set of dynamics. For the first time in the history of this country, there is a national consensus of moral outrage of some of the things that have been happening. And with that outrage, there has sparked a momentum for change within American culture, among people of color, and all cultures, not just in America, but really around the world. And that that uh, that that rage is being fueled by that same consensus about where are we morally uh, as a country. The church universally has also had to realign its operating platform by going virtual. And in some cases, they've had to close up altogether. Well, what we have nowadays is we have a a multitude of of hybrid uh, approaches to worship. Some are worshiping business as usual, allowing the congregations to come back into into their sanctuary. Some are, uh, are in the midst of still doing virtual and trying their best to meet the spiritual needs. But a lot of churches and a lot of organizations have not responded verbally, have not responded uh, out uh, to, to some of the hot topics. And then we do have some churches that have sparked a new beginning, a new, uh, a new opening. There are some pastors that have dared to stand out and step out and, and really create and open up the doors of new churches and new ministries, embracing new ways of doing things. And so 
on tonight, we're going to talk to one such pastor and his wife, who's also a co-pastor, who has dared to step out and, 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 and carry the banner of faith and start their own ministry. So we have Dr. the Reverend Dr. George Miller and his wife, Reverend Sherry Miller. I'm not sure if it's Reverend yet. I guess I should have found that out before time, but I'm going to claim it for you. It's coming. It's coming. Because it is a it is a partnership, and and no doubt that behind this great ministry, there must there has to be a great woman. Amen. Somebody. There it is. There it is. I'm going to let them tell you a little bit about um, their ministry. And uh, they've got some exciting things coming up. So y'all go ahead and uh, Dr. Miller, Reverend Sherry, share with our viewing audience, uh, you know, who you are and what you're doing. Sure. Well, first, let me say, Dr. White, thank you for having us on. Grace okay. to you and your viewing audience. It is an honor to be on this wonderful broadcast and to be a part of this conversation. Uh, again, you've given our names, George and Sherry Miller. We are here in the great city of Augusta, Georgia, right outside of Augusta is where we live. And God is um, shining his grace, shining his uh, smile on the city of Augusta. And we love this uh, wonderful city. We're originally from Washington, D.C. We're D.C. babies. And we have known each other since we were 12, 12 and 13. Teenage, pre-teens. Wow. Wow. We met in church. Get out. Yeah. Metropolitan Baptist Church, Reverend yeah. Dr. H. Beecher Hicks. That was our pastor. He was our pastor. Absolutely. And uh, so we have uh, known each other for a number of years. We are been married a long time now, 16 years almost. We're the parents of five boys. We have locked them out. So if you hear... Uh, Banging on the door. It's live TV, y'all. This is live TV. And They're so fine. that's what that is going to be about. Okay. And and I've been blessed now for the last almost six years to be the pastor of the Elam Baptist Church amen. of Augusta, Georgia, a church. DC in the house. I see you. A church. <laughs> amen. DC in the house. <laughs> a church uh, that will be 135 years old on this coming May. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, uh, I served eight years at the Tabernacle Baptist Church of Augusta, Georgia, uh, under uh, our friend and brother, Reverend Dr. Charles Goodman. And then I pastored a few years in Atlanta. So we have a lot of experience in ministry. My wife has journeyed, has uh, uh, walked this journey with me uh, during ministry. And recently, God sort of laid upon our hearts. He gave us a command, a vision, and an opportunity, mm -hmm. catch this now, to plant a church um, in a neighboring county here in the Augusta area. This whole area is known as the CSRA. And so that's where we are now. We are literally in the throes of planting a ministry, birthing a ministry in a pandemic. Yes. Now, what makes this so strange is we're still pastoring the Elam Baptist Church. Yes. There, there are no issues there. There are no, you know, we're, we're still there loving that community. We love those people. Uh, we plan to be there as long as they will have us. That's right. <laughs> Amen. But God gave us this command to do something a little bit different. This is not a satellite church. This is actually a separate church um, that shares a name, shares similar visions, shares pastoral leadership, but doing work in another part of our area. And it's happening during the pandemic yes. where we are largely virtual, mm -hmm. right? Planning our re-entrance into um, the sanctuaries. Many pastors are. And navigating through those dynamics has been challenging every day 
presents something new. Every day presents a different challenge, mm-hmm. a different question mm-hmm. that we have to answer yes. and wrestle with. Um, you know, but it's been fun. It's been challenging. Um, but uh, we believe God is in it. And we're already starting to see the fruits. Absolutely. Which is how we do, which is why we know that we're doing what God has called us to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm excited for you. I've been uh, watching you on Facebook and other places, you know, being excited about starting your ministry. And uh, it's and it's an exciting thing when you step out on faith and doing it. And you're and you're doing it together and you're doing it as a family with five boys. Wow. Mm-hmm. Basketball team. We're putting them to work, you know, yep. they can be being good examples to to those young men. But you know, in the midst of, of doing this in a pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the church has already seen enough challenges in terms of trying to reach the unchurched, right? And so um, this this pandemic, I feel like, has kind of made it even harder mm-hmm. because you you know that you, you the doors of the church are not literally open. Okay, Correct. Correct. and I'm interested in knowing what your perspective is on how to reach those uh, because there's a lot there is a lot of data uh, out that, that talks about. Um, how the 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 unchurched, the mm-hmm. persons who weren't in church originally, and right. there's a lack of interest, right? But you guys have said we're going to start a new ministry. So, what's your perspective on how to reach those that are not interested in church activities? Have y'all come up with a strategy for that? Well, here's what I will say. I will say, to a large degree, God had already been blessing our ministry as it relates to reaching young people. Uh, okay. We're young, uh, 41. Um, right. How are you 41? I'm 41. 41. Yeah. And young families. Young families, young people. Um, and so our perspective on that is a little different because again, you can get lost in the data mm-hmm. and you can get spooked by the data. Yeah. And, and, and the data you have given, the, the figures, um, a lot of what we've seen, we've seen them too. Um, and when I go travel other churches and, and, and minister in other places, certainly the eye test, I see exactly what you're talking about. Right. But our ministry has been blessed down through the years to be able to attract young, young families, young people. And so we've been blessed to be able to do that. And one of the ways we do that is this is by, number one, respecting um, the shoulders and the traditions upon which we stand. Right. But knowing OK, it's, in, it's a new day. God's doing new things. And even in this pandemic, um, yeah, the physical doors of the church are closed, but the doors have been blown off the hinges spiritually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I like that. Yeah, that 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 it's it's wide. It's wide open. It is. It's totally wide open. And none of us have lived through a pandemic before. Right. 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 We have mastered no through a pandemic before. Um, I'm a teacher. No one's taught through a pandemic before. So I maintain as creative as I have to be in that classroom and reach my students that I had to reach and be energized and be passionate Mm -hmm. and create relationships with them when I couldn't see them face to face is the same thing that we have to do planting this church. And we fail. Listen, I I tell everybody I was I was on again. We do a midweek check in call. Mm -hmm. 
uh, every Wednesday at 12 noon with the members um, and the larger congregation community. That's and a good I, strategy. I've heard, I haven't heard anybody talk about doing that. You said every, a, a weekly check-in call? Every Wednesday mm -hmm. at 12 noon, middle part of the month of the week, okay. middle part of the day, we do what we call the midweek check-in, mm -hmm. where, where you can either video in so we can see your face, okay. or call in for our older members who are not getting on, as they would say, that book face and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, um, so we have multiple ways for you to call in. And I was, I was, and I do a devotion with them. And if I'm in Bible study season, I do a snippet of the Bible study on the mm -hmm. call and we'll do praise reports, prayer requests, and we'll just catch up with one another. Right. And I was telling them this past Wednesday, and I've said it many times before, I feel like a failure in this season as a pastor. Why is that? Because no matter what I do, no one else is saying this. This is me, my own right. self-appraisal. Right. I don't feel like it's enough because the season and the times are so um, difficult and challenging and, and the unpredictable. Need, unpredictable and the needs um, are so great that there are times where I feel like I am insufficient as a pastor to be able to address all those needs and all those challenges. Now, I know I'm not Jesus. I get it. <laughs> I understand. But that's just how I feel. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so because I, I feel that way, on the other side of that coin, it gives us, gives me the license to try. If I'm going to fail, uh, I will just, just go all out. Just try it and, and see what happens. You know, we're in a pandemic. Let's see what works. Let's, again, the doors are blown off. Let's see what works. Right. Let's see what bait attracts different types of fish exactly the same bait doesn't get all fish right try yeah. some new stuff mm -hmm. and if it don't work throw it away and try something different well that's the that's the, i think that's the nature of ministry yes. and 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 we have a we got a facebook and if that's who i think it is i i reverend i wish you would uh uh fix tell facebook to show your name and i think that's uh one of our seasoned uh pastors uh, okay. From Washington D.C., as a matter of fact. Okay. Okay. And and, and I might, I might know we might know them. <laughs> well, it, it's a it's a female, and and but know. you know she she's really I mean, but it, it it never really feels like enough. And really, because we are you know we've got we're we've got the wounded healing syndrome. We've got all kinds of things going on that's pulling us in a whole lot of different directions. We never feel like we're we're enough. And I, I haven't sat in the big chair, the big pastor's chair in a long time, mm -hmm. but I can imagine that it's pretty daunting. Well, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Uh, this week, we've had two deaths in our congregation. One was a deacon mm -hmm. um, who, who, who um, passed a few days ago, and then we have people in the hospitals and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And, and the COVID restrictions sort of hinders your ability to go to homes and to go right. to hospitals. So you don't feel like one of our church mothers was rushed to the hospital recently, uh, two days ago. Right. And, and you know, I wanted to go down there and be with her and, and pray with her, but I couldn't. Right. And, yeah. and, and it, it, it makes you feel even more of a failure than you would normally feel. So I called her today. I called her and I was with her on the phone, but still, um, it's just a challenging season. Right. It's a season to try new things, mm -hmm. do new things. Well, speaking of new things, would you say, uh, okay, so so, so tell me, 
would you say that, and I know you do your Wednesday check-in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm assuming, and I know you do Sunday, the Sunday worship, right? We, we talked about that before we went live. Have you noticed a difference in the, uh, the level of attendance? Are you able to measure your attendance? And, ha- and have you been able to tell a difference in your level of attendance between, uh, pre-pandemic uh, and, and now? What's your- yeah, Dr. White, you know, I'm a, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a trained MBA business guy. So all those analytics and stuff, I'm kind of a geek when it comes to that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And, and so we, we do follow that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've noticed trends when we broadcast, we broadcast on Sunday mornings. Right. And we our strategy was, OK, we actually present a, a broadcast. So it's recorded, it's edited, it's shot up into the cloud and it's shot back down. So about four or five different channels. So right. we, we stream. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yes. We stream on YouTube, Roku. Uh, we, have we, have a, own own, we have our own Roku channel. We have our Elam Everywhere app. Uh, we have our yeah. actual Facebook, Facebook Live. Live. And we have our church website. Oh, wow. So it streams, it, five, it streams five different ways. What's that? What's your church's website? So just in case somebody wants to go. Well, so the, the mother church, Elam Augusta, is www.elamaugusta.org. Uh, the Elam Everywhere website is www.elameverywhere.org. So that's so, www.elamaugusta.org yep. and yes. elameverywhere.org. Okay. Correct. All right. All right. So then you can download our Elam Everywhere app available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Okay. Okay. That's sort of the electronics, the electronic entrance into Elam. Uh, that's what we're going to use as mm-hmm. part of our Elam online campus mm-hmm. um, in the months to come. So we stream a number of different ways. And here's what we discovered. We discovered it was important. At first, there was some question about why we streaming so many different platforms. Again, different fate. You need different bait for different fish, right? right? So to catch different fish. So what I discovered is early in the pandemic, I mean, live stream was the best thing going. Right. Best thing going. Folk weren't going back to church. <laughs> the church was going to, you know, it was all going to be different. Right. 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 And in some ways, in some sense, that's true. We right. believe that to be true. This is going to be with us from now on. Right. But when we started this, no one expected to be out of the sanctuaries of our churches for a year. Right. When that first happened, some of us were like, OK, we'll be out for a month, maybe two. <laughs> and then we'll come on back. Mm-hmm. And so as this thing has gone on for a year now and possibly longer, what we've noticed is a desire to return to sanctuaries. Right. right? And so and there has been sort of a fatigue with online broadcasting. It just has. It's 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 it's, it's it, there's there's a smorgasbord of options. Right. Um, I told my folks this past Sunday, y'all, y'all turn it on to eat them. Uh, one to grow on broadcast and stay right stay there. there. Don't stay channel there. Surf. Don't channel surf. Don't be going all in. Stay right here. <laughs> I was joking, but I was serious. Right. Um, so did you see? So okay. So since you are tracking your attendance, so across these various channels, did you notice? So are you saying that there has been a decline in attendance since well, the beginning of the pandemic? And yes. I think there has been a slight decline. Mm-hmm. Um. I think there's there's more viewership because right. the, the the services are able to be archived mm-hmm. and are up. So there's an increase in viewership. But then the question becomes, you really get into the data, and I do, how long are people actually viewing the broadcast? That's right. right. That's right. 
I know. Okay. I, I can go into the data and see an IP address from Washington, D.C., somebody in D.C. we know watching, right. but they're only on for a minute and 30 seconds. That's right. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So, so that's the question number one. And then that's the, that's the sign of the fatigue also. That's the right. sign of the fatigue. Yeah. That lets us know that people are, are wanting to come back. Right. Um, there's a there, there's a wanting to come back to in, in person um, services and in person interaction. Right. And and I think people are just tired of just looking at look you know just tired of the computer and tired of holding the phone. I think you know that's that's the fatigue. Uh, it, it, don't, it don't it doesn't it, it you know it doesn't something gets lost in the translation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. um you know, there's part of that. But then the other part of that is I have noticed, and this is the strange part, an increase in elderly senior citizens watching. Right. And here's where the multiple ways of streaming has become, I think, beneficial. Because if you look at our Facebook Live, you would think that's the only viewership we have, but it's not. It's not. We got folk who are on YouTube, YouTube. right, who are watching, maybe not on their phone, maybe they're watching on their television, mm -hmm. their smart TV. We got people out with our custom Roku channel. We have people watching on our Roku channel, mm -hmm. uh, which is almost as big as our YouTube and our Facebook audience combined. Right. <laughs> and a lot of those are our seasoned senior people who right. went and told their son or daughter to go to down and get me a Roku stick and attach it to my TV. The pastor on. Because pastor's on. And that's how they're actually able to see it on television. Right. Well, see, and my mom is 91, right? And so she, for her, though, it's, it's kind of a, you know, like where if people in our in our generation and younger may be tired of looking at television on the computer or on television. We're tired of that. Mm -hmm. but in her generation, in the elderly generation, this is a new thing for them. Right. So, so, so they're not tired of it yet. Right. You know, right. Oh, I'm learning how to, I'm Rokuing, yeah. Or I'm Facebooking. Yeah. They're excited about that because they're they getting the hang of things. And, you know, and that's just because the technology age has had to slow down and right. and they have an opportunity to catch up. So it's great for them. I, I So I'm, I'm bringing that up just to, you know, to agree with what you're saying. I understand that. That's, that's interesting. But, okay, so the next thing I want to ask is uh, since you, you're planning a new ministry, right? Mm -hmm. What steps are you taking to create that sense of community in this new? Because I'm telling you, people aren't starting new churches right now in this pandemic, but you guys have decided to do that. And the Lord has just guided you through that process. So how has the spirit moved on you as church planters to, you know, to, to have this strategy of creating a community and, a, you know, shared goals and mission? So. I mean, it's, I, I'm not a church planter. My oh. mother is. Yeah, but you're doing it though. I know, and so right. the idea, but the idea, and because my mother's a church planter, I have. I don't mean this to be disrespectful, but I don't have a better term for it. I personally have some PTSD from it. Okay. Oh. All right, and so the idea that God has called us to plant a church is really strange because it's, it's nothing that we ever planned on doing. And certainly not during the pandemic. And, right, right, right. And, and, and so how do you, so you create this sense of community then in this new thing? So it's a work in progress. For me, I have been, 
I started, I was an assistant pastor in my early 20s, like 22. Started pastoring at 25, 26. So this is all as an adult. This is my, my entire adult life. This is what I've done. There's some time in banking and that kind of stuff. But primarily, this is what I've done. And she's been with me for a large part of it. She's been licensed now in ministry for about six years. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's now about 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I have these parameters and these walls and these constructs in my mind about how things are supposed to be done. Right. And, and okay, we, I need to set it up this way and we need to establish it this way. And this is the plan. And this is how we're going to do A and B and C and D. I'm good at that. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I'm not good at a lot of stuff, but I'm good at that. Right. And what this is forcing me to do, and Sherry just said it to me earlier today, and thank God for her on this journey of planning this ministry with me because she has had to sort of say, okay, sweetie, you, you, you're thinking about this a little bit off. Mm-hmm. Because if I go the way I would normally go, then it becomes about me. Mm-hmm. And it becomes it becomes about what I am able to organize and do. And what I've had to do many times, and she's keep pushing me in this regard, is take my hands off and allow God to do it. Mm-hmm. One way to answer your question is, I had a, we had a disappointment as it relates to the church launch today. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty significant disappointment. Um, and, and it sort of disrupted a lot of my plans in terms of my timeline. And I was all upset, got her up from work and I was just all been out of shape. And she was, you know, what happened and all that kind of stuff. Right. And I was telling her what it went down while she was at, at school. And um, later on, I was talking about it. And she said, sweetie, sweetie, sweetie. You're, you're, you're planning too much. Isn't that what you said? I did. You said, I told yeah. him he's planning too much. Part of having a church plan mm-hmm. or birthing a church is moving out the way and letting God guide you in every step of the process. So if we're opening the doors of a new church and God told us to open the doors of the new church, then we need to open the doors, let the people come and let God use us to guide the people and use their gifts and talents to build the church. Amen. See, that's everything set up, then there's nothing for them to do and get involved in. Right, right. Uh, that's what I was getting ready to say. What you know, we've heard that same uh all through our Christian walk that whatever God ordains, right. he also maintains. Right. He's gonna come with the provision for sure. Now, just to shift as we get ready to close out, just to shift just a little bit, because y'all know, um, the as I talked about in the monologue, um, there has been the this country's moral compass has been called to the carpet big mm-hmm. time. And I'm, you know, I I am one who um, is critical of the the church, universal church, in terms of its. Uh, its position on, you know, in, in terms of advocacy, how, you know, there are different ways to advocate, but I'm interested in knowing um, as we close out what your perspective is as far as the greatest threat to this, um, to, to racial justice and racial unity. We know what's, what has been, what has transpired. Right. But Absolutely. I'm interested in knowing what your perspective is, you know, as, as preachers of the gospel mm-hmm. and those who uh, spiritual and church as a, as church leaders, what is your perspective on what what is the greatest threat to um, racial justice and unity? And 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 what advice can you give people to help maintain faith in this in these troubling times? I will answer the question, the last question you asked first. Okay. 
maintain faith. Number one, we have to recognize that we have seen progress. Mm-hmm. Now, part of what I do in, in, in the Elam Church of Augusta, my, my history, historically has been I do advocate. I am involved in political dynamics mm-hmm. uh, in Augusta um, and all of that. And I will acknowledge, I have to acknowledge that we have seen progress, especially since we now have a, a, a black senator from the state of Georgia. Mm-hmm. We now have a Jewish senator. Yep. From the state of Georgia. Right. This is I this is Lester Maddox was governor of Georgia not too long ago. I used to see Lester Maddox in the Piccadilly on South Carolina <laughs> Drive in Atlanta on a regular basis before I knew who he was. Right, 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 right. So it, 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 it hadn't been that long ago. So we have seen some progress. Right. Is there much further to go? Absolutely. Absolutely. Sure. But we've seen progress. And the biggest threat to progress, Dr. White. And we talked about this earlier. Yes, yeah, it's progress. Progress. Hmm. Okay. So here's what I unpack that for. Here's what I mean by that. Because we have seen the price, I see it in my children, my Mm -hmm. five boys. I see it. I'm sure my my parents, my mother and father, have seen it in our generation. Right. My mom and dad, mom went to the University of Georgia, one of the early blacks to enter University of Georgia. My dad integrating Georgia State University. Okay. They've seen this progress. We've seen uh, a changes in our own children and their friends. So we've seen progress, but because things are changing and the stats play this mm-hmm. out, the demographic numbers play this out about what America's going to look like in the next 20 years, mm-hmm. uh, a majority minority country and all those kind of things and mm-hmm. uh, racial attitudes by generation continues to become more evolved and things like that. Change is unsettling the people. Right. Change is frightening the people. And I think, a lot, I think a lot of what we're seeing now this heightened, this amped up, uh, 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 this vitriol, this 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 volume that's been turned up, this temperature, this thermostat has been turned up, uh, you know, socially, is a response to the progress we've seen. Right. I often so I often call it the last stand. Right. <laughs> that people are sort of making their last stand uh, before the America as they knew it is it's, no more. It's no more. My air quotes. As they knew it, uh, it, it is no more. So to maintain faith, we have to acknowledge that the work we've done, the work our ancestors, our foremothers and forefathers have done, is bearing fruit. Mm-hmm. Even the work we're doing now is bearing, bearing fruit. fruit. And um, But we have to keep on working. Exactly. We have to, keep, to your point about the church, we have to keep on working. And so how do we do that? Well, there are a number of ways to do that. Different pastors do it different ways. I, I'm never one of these guys that you know points fingers at who and criticize what somebody else is doing because everybody's on the team and everybody has a different role to play. For us now in this season, I find my role shifting a bit mm-hmm. because where we're planting the church is not where we would. T- it's not where my current church is. Right. <laughs> okay. It's in a different space. Different. Space. And a different place. Um, different community. Different community. And if, if we're going to see the progress we need to see, then I, God is, is sort of pushing me to sort of approach it in some different different ways. I give you an example. I three years ago, you could not have told me I, I, if, if someone says Miller, you need to run for office. I'm like, absolutely not. Right. I'm run for office. I'm a pastor. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> but now I'm giving serious consideration. Okay, for actually some sort of I ain't saying I'm be you know governor or senator or anything like that or or state rep you know maybe local office but 
because again, if are you going, okay, are you announcing your candidacy? I am not. Uh, I am not. I am not <laughs> on the perspective show. I'm not announcing my candidacy. No, I, no. But what I am saying is, if we're going to see the progress, yes, we have to be critical, and yes, we have to call out and be prophetic and speak truth to power. But we also have to have seats at the table. Right. Right. Well, you know, the saying is if they don't if they don't give you a seat at the table, you're going to bring you bring yourself a folding chair. Bring a folding chair. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. And I'm hopeful that this beloved community that Dr. King spoke about. I'm hope I'm hopeful that that progress will take us there. And it could be that the things that we're seeing that we've witnessed in 2020 is part of the growth process. I think so. I think think so. People are afraid and, you know, and all, all this madness and they can't. But this could actually be uh, have an iron sharpening iron effect on I the whole process. It, but at the same time, just like y'all say, the progress could be the threat as well. Exactly. And that's why. Why wouldn't God have someone plant a church? Why wouldn't he have a young family with young children plant a church in the middle of a pandemic? It's not natural. It's supernatural, and that's why we knew no, it was of God. No, 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 no. You see, somebody, somebody at the same preacher from DC. I, no. <laughs> I, like I can't tell people are not letting Facebook tell the name. It might be somebody from right there. In your <laughs> I don't know. Well, on that no, note, listen, we, but go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. At the end of the day, we are people of faith, right? Are we going to be social scientists? Or are we going to be people of faith? We certainly should consider what's happening in the broader, right. the broader community, broader culture. Absolutely, absolutely. We're trained to execute the culture, right? Right. So we, have, right. we we <laughs> have to do that. But at the end of the day, if God tells us to do something, I, you know, we are obligated to do. And we we prayed about this hard, hard. You know, and we're not just planting. We're still pastoring. You know, Elam Baptist Church. We're not just planting the Elam Church of Columbia County. But right. We're also uh, uh, trying to formalize and and uh, this online Elam Everywhere congregation. Right. I got a, a millennial sister who who probably ain't going back to nobody's church anytime soon, uh-huh. but she watches us online every week. So right. you know, how do you disciple? Uh, back to our earlier conversation, how do you disciple them? Are they not a part of the congregation and the body of Christ? Just because they're virtual, no. So we need to, we need to again. It's not either or; it's both and. Right. And, That's right. And what is done, I think, again, is it's rewritten the rule books. Mm-hmm. So one of the cool things about planning a church in a pandemic, on the positive, is there's no there's, there's no, no pressure. There's no right. There's no wall. And not only that, but you guys are setting a precedent, and and, and God is. Looking down on your ministry, and he is proud of you both. I'm sure. Right. If I see 15 folk on that Sunday, that one Sunday, we good. We good. If I see 10, we good. Right. Let's roll on. Let the church roll on. We'll yes. right. And on that note, we're gonna close out because um, you know we really want to. Uh, we know people will uh, will tune in. But we don't want to. We don't. We want them to get the gist of the, of our program and not necessarily. You know, get get bored. Yeah, we got or we got to feed, so we'll be all right. 
<laughs> so we're going well, we're probably we're gonna come back and visit with you guys um probably in the next few months once you have gone into your new sanctuary and got settled in to see um you know so so that you can kind of give us the bird's eye view of what um you know what the seed that you're planting has produced and and on that note i want to uh, thank you guys for um dr miller mrs miller reverend miller for being a part of this uh, broadcast um we want to make sure that everybody knows that um uh, on next week we will be back on next thursday at 6 30. The show, uh, will, will, it will be the Women's Laboratory, and we're going to be talking about love, the history of love, how love affects us all. And from a woman's perspective, what is the future of, of relationships, uh, especially in the wake of pandemic? We, we've seen the statistics, and we're going to be talking about that. And so, we, you know, we, we're pretty excited about next week's show. The other thing that we have coming up also is we've got the Social Justice Camp for Kids that is piloting um, this month. And we hope to be able to bring that to audiences across the country. So I just wanted to, you know, drop that bug in the in the ear of, of our listeners. And so on that note, uh, I want to thank you for tuning in. I want to um, just leave you with the words of the famous uh, Reverend, those famous words of, from Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King that whatever affects one directly affects us all indirectly. Good night, everyone. Welcome to Perspectives On, where we're giving the world a voice. We are a faith-based social justice forum where individuals give their perspectives on various topics. It's an opportunity to express their viewpoint, their stance, and their angle on justice issues affecting the community and globally. Each episode features guests presenting their perspective on things like climate change, the church, urban farming, and food insecurity, all through a unique faith lens. Come check us out. Give us